0: Let's open up to 1 Peter, chapter 2. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. 1 Peter 2, 2 verses, 11 and 12. If you are there, will you all stand? Here is God's word. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you gather all of us here. Remind us that this day belonged to you. We keep this place. We keep this hour. Keep this meeting. This worship. Holy unto you. So Father will you bless us with your word. Will you bless us with your teaching. Will you reveal your truth to us. So that we may know more about you. So that we would understand more about us. What's important. How to carry ourselves. How to navigate this life. Holy unto you for your glory. So Father will you unite us in spirit. And by the word that is written. Through the inerrant infallible word of God. Written and inspired by the Holy Spirit. May you speak to us may you utilize your servant to speak your truth and may your people to receive and receive it well. Lead us, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, um, here is the word that we hardly use as Christian. Here's a word that we do not use in regular basis, and that word is pilgrim. Pilgrim is a word that we don't use. You don't use that word, I mean, think about it, just jog your memory. When was the last time you used that word pilgrim in your conversation with someone else? In order for you to describe who you are in Christ and what you do, uh, how you could identify yourself as a pilgrim. You don't use that word often, right? To be honest, some of us don't even know what that word truly means for you when when it is applied to you. We don't know what kind of relevance that word pilgrim has for us today. Now, what is pilgrim? Pilgrim, by definition, is a person who is on a long journey. That's what pilgrim is. You're on a long journey. A historical example of pilgrim would be uh, uh, English, an English Puritan who came to Plymouth, Massachusetts, on the Mayflower back in 1620. That will be a historical example of a pilgrim for them to come here to escape the tyranny of the religious persecution in England. A biblical example of pilgrim would be Abraham. God appeared to Abraham and and commanded him to leave his father's home. So Abraham left his home, to go to the land that God has promised to give him, pilgrims. Now, the Bible says, not just in 1 Peter, we Christians are sojourners. We're exiles here on the earth. We are, in other words, pilgrims. What that really means is that we're just passing through in this place. We are just passing through. This is not our home. We're not home yet. We're journeying to our eternal heavenly home. We're on this earth for a short while, and soon we will all be home. That's what it means for you and I to consider ourselves to be pilgrims. The journey will be soon over, and we are on our way home again. That is the Christian understanding of who we are. But for us, for today's Christian, the reality is that we don't really see ourselves as Christians. I mean, excuse me, pilgrims. Being a pilgrim is not what we consider ourselves to be on a daily basis. Right? That is not how we identify ourselves. We don't describe ourselves, introduce ourselves. I'm a Christian I'm Jason, I'm a Christian, I'm a pilgrim. We don't say that. We're not so conscious though about our eternal destination, the final destination. What we do instead is we are rather fixated on this short time of short stay we have here on earth. And if we are really honest about this, Folks, we are all about here and now. We're all about this place. We're very forgetful or we don't really pay attention about life after earth. Oftentimes, we Christians see our religion, see Christianity as a way to benefit ourselves. How we can receive more here and now. How will it the Christianity can help me to succeed in what I do, help me to get what I want? Will Christianity, what will it do for my marriage? Will it help me to raise my children? Will it help me to to solve my problem? Will it help me to fulfill my dreams here on earth? Going to heaven, spending our time, our eternity in the presence of God, ending our long and difficult, arduous journey as a pilgrim here on earth. is the last thing we think about. We consider that as a cherry on top, icing on the cake, but that's not the focus. It's not the purpose of how we live or how we carry ourselves here on earth. We don't view death as a gateway to everything we've been uh, living and hoping for. We see death as something to be postponed and avoided at all costs. The reason for that is we don't see ourselves as pilgrims. We don't see ourselves strangers, travelers going through this place. This is not our home. So we go all in. Without that mentality, We live like there is no eternity. We live like we will live forever here on earth. Now, brothers and sisters, please don't misunderstand me here. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to live a miserable life here on earth. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying what God has given to you, the blessings that He has given to you in your life. I mean, matter of fact, we just move into our own new home. We love it. We thank God for it. We closed on Monday. It was difficult week. Wednesday, Thursday, every week of you know this past week we were moving and un- packing, unpacking, all of these things. Blessing. We love it. God has provided that for us. But if we don't, if we don't hold these things—new home, new car, new relationship, new career new, shiny, new things. These things that you are hoping and working towards. If you do not, learn to hold, not tightly, but loosely. If we don't learn to hold these loosely, if we don't understand the focus of our lives, the goal that we should have, if we understand and don't understand that we are not running, the race here on earth for the things of this earth, but the greater things, the prize that God has prepared for us. That means we don't have that proper perspective, the eternal perspective, because we don't see ourselves as pilgrims, just passing through, troublers. We're more than this. We're made for eternity. We're bound to heaven. We're not bound by this place. This morning, I want us to look at these short two verses here about the life of pilgrim. Peter says, for us to live as pilgrims, there are three things we need to understand. First, we must realize that we are sojourners and exiles. For us to live like pilgrims, then you need to understand you are one. That is where it needs to begin. We must see ourselves as aliens and strangers here on this earth. Now, Peter uses two synonymous words here in verse 11. He uses the same words to emphasize in order to describe who we are in Jesus Christ here on earth. Who are we? You are Sojourners and exiles. If you look at NIV, uh, you are str- aliens and strangers. Synonymous words. Now, what is the message? What is the point Peter wants us to understand? In these two words, he wants us to understand and know that you are a temporary resident here. You're undocumented, li- illegal people. You're just travelers. Here on this country, here in this place, you're a traveler in a foreign country passing through this place in order for you to get home. If you are that person, Peter's point is this, if you... Are that person, you are an alien traveler passing through to get home. If you have that understanding, that will change completely how you go about your life here on earth. It will change your mentality. Drastically, your attitude will be different about this life compared to a permanent resident, legal documented resident here would have a different mindset. So for pilgrims, the one of the characteristics about pilgrims is they won't get attached to the country or things of this country. Right? They won't. Why would you? That makes sense. No sense. Because they have a destination in mind. More things you have to carry, more things you have here on earth as you have to travel will hold you back, slow you down. And these people look forward to getting there, not staying here. Now, if you are on your way to the mountain peak, to the top of the mountain, and if you are uh, climbing, driving up there, and you pass by, the chances are you're going to pass by a few uh, scenic areas where you can stop and look at the area and take some photos. My brother and I backpacked, you know, back were backpacking through Europe. And we were in Interlaken, Switzerland, and there is a place called Jungfrau, and that is the summit, the highest summit in Europe. They call that uh, Rooftop of Europe. And you climb that with a specially designed train on a stiff hill, I mean, and just climb upwards, and there are a couple stops that you do, and just beautiful, you know, uh, small town on the side of the mountain. Scenic stops get out, take picture, walk around and all of those and you hop on back on the train and you go to the summit. That's the idea. But it is breathtaking. It is wonderful as it is. You don't want to just say, oh, this is good enough and I I don't have to get to the peak. I don't think we did that and none of the people who were troubling with us did that. You want to get to the peak and whatever we have seen in the scenic area, nothing it to the peak. Even if you enjoy that, you're not going to forget and say, this is good enough. So let's not even attempt to go there. So you went to and, and, and got a nice hotel room and you enjoyed it. It was just fancy Airbnb. So you like it so much that you're going to hang up your frames, and you know, picture frames and rearrange furnitures and you make a home. That doesn't make sense, is it? Peter says, you are pilgrims. You are troublers. That means you and I are to have different mentality compared to the people living here, unbelieving people. This is the mindset we got to have. We are pilgrims. We're not home yet. And for us to live a life, of pilgrim, we got to see ourselves as one first. We have to remind ourselves this is not our home. We're not home yet. We're going home. And if you have that mentality, that mindset, it changes how you uh, do things. And we were blessed to have a new home. I was talking to Christina a couple of times this past week. This is wonderful. This is beyond what we expected. But this is not our home. I mean, it is home for now, but this is not our permanent address. My permanent home is up there with the Lord. If you have that mentality, you learn to hold these things, these earthly things, and your earthly desires loosely. And you're gonna not going to get attached and driven by it, affected by these things. You're pilgrims. Secondly, as a pilgrim, here's another thing that we need to understand. There is a war to fight. There's a war to fight. I mean, it gets worse. You're a pilgrim and you're passing through. This is not your home, but then you also have to fight a war. That's what Peter is saying. And the interesting thing about this is, this is a war. It's not a single battle. This is a war, ongoing military campaign. You don't fight once. This is ongoing battles in your life, a lifelong struggle. Then who is our enemy? What are we fighting for, fighting against? Peter says we, might, we must fight against our own selves, our own passions, the lust of the flesh. What he's saying is we must be prepared. We must be ready to fight this enemy that lives in us. The enemy within. Because once you give in to this passion, once you yield yourself to the passion, the lust of the flesh, what happens is it will captivate you. It will fascinate you. And it will consume you. And soon it will destroy you. Therefore, Peter urges believers who are pilgrims on this earth to abstain from these things. Abstain from the passions, from the lusts of the flesh. Now, what are these fleshly lusts? What are these things? The passions of our flesh. The first thing that will come to your mind naturally will be sexual desire. Sexual lust. And yes, these desires are powerful and dangerous, and these things, we do need to keep it in check. But that's not all. Sexual lusts and desires are not all of the things that we have to shy away from. Fleshly lusts, fleshly desires desires also include all kinds of self-seeking. That includes wealth. That includes power, fame, and our own pleasure, our self-seeking things that is directed for money, power, fame, our own pleasure. We must abstain from the passions of the flesh. We must hold ourselves back from these things that constantly wage war against us. Because it will hold you back. Because it will constantly battle you to deny and forget your true identity. That you are in fact passing through. You're a traveler. You're a foreigner. You're aliens. You're not made for this. You're made for eternity. Now who is he speaking to by the way? Is Peter speaking to unbelievers? Absolutely not. Paul is speaking to the believers. Peter says as pilgrims as a person who is passing through this life, as a person who longs to be home with the Lord. If that is who you are, in fact, that is who you are in Jesus Christ, then you must abstain, you must hold back from such fleshly desires. Now, being a Christian, being a mature, strong Christian does not automatically naturally eliminate the strong powerful desires of your body it doesn't it doesn't matter how long you have been walking with the lord walking living following obeying the commands of the lord it really doesn't matter how long you've been doing that how long you've been in church when you were baptized you call yourself a Christian for X number of years. It really doesn't matter because when you look at, say, a person like Noah, and his description was like this He was righteous and blameless. There is no one like him on this earth. And God chose Noah to be the only surviving family after the flood. That's how righteous and blameless he was. He walked with God, but after the flood, what happened to him? He got drunk, and he indecently explodes himself to his own son. That's righteous, blameless guy who walked with God. David, what's his description? The man after God's own heart? What happened to him early, in his early 50s? He fell into sin, adultery. Man after God's own heart. It really doesn't matter how long you've been in church. How long you identify and call yourself a Christian. It does not uh, um, excuse you from these powerful, strong desires, lusts, urges of the body of this world. Am I making that? Anyway, folks, as long as we live in this body, we must be ready to fight. We've got to be uh, very vigilant against these inner desires. We've got to be ready to fight the enemy within. As a pilgrim, there's war to fight. Finally, as pilgrims, we are to maintain lifestyle of attractive deeds in verse 12, Peter says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. You are believers. And he goes, you are pilgrims. You need to fight your enemy within. But now, as you live amongst the unbelievers, you got to keep your conduct, your deeds, your action, your words. What? What's the word? Honorable. Honorable. Keep your behavior honorable. Keep your conduct excellent, attractive to the people of this world. Folks, even if they don't accept Jesus Christ, even if they don't accept and receive Christ's offer of salvation, even if they don't believe or view the Bible as you do, as the infallible, infallible source of authority for life and faith, they got to be able to see that you are a good people, that you are honorable person. They got to see goodness of Jesus Christ in you. It is true, they will speak against you. They will persecute you. They may belittle you and put you down for what you stand for, what you believe in. But they will see how you will interact and react to them. They will see and they will watch you, believe it or not. They will observe how you talk, how you deal with your own set of problems. They will see how you treat your spouse. They will see how you treat your children. They will see how you treat your family members and friends. Your co-workers. They will see, hear, and watch. And this is why Peter urges believers to maintain a lifestyle that is attractive. Here's another old word that we don't use. He wants your life as christian as pilgrims to be winsome you want you want to win these people over to christ by your life by what you do your conduct this is why peter urges believers to maintain this lifestyle every day is an opportunity opportunity a chance for the lost to see your actions and hear your words and praise God. Give thanks to the Father in heaven. By seeing your actions, by listening to your words, it will ultimately lead also these people, the lost people, to come to know Jesus Christ and receive His grace, His love, His mercy and give all the credit to God. And this is, isn't this what we are for, made for? This is the goal. This is the aim, overall aim of the Christian life, bringing glory to God, lifting up His name on high through who we are, how we carry ourselves. We are the salt and light of the world. And when the world sees that, when they hear our words, when they see our actions, when they witness our own choices, decisions that we make in, before them, in front of them, they will praise God and understand they do in fact represent this person who died on the cross for their sake and also for mine. This is why we as Christ followers, as pilgrims on this earth, we have to keep our conduct honorable. Honorable, amen? Once again, we're pilgrims. Your lifestyle, your schedule evolves around that one understanding. We're not home yet. This is not our home We don't go all in. We don't bank on this place. God will provide things for you to be blessed here so that we can be a blessing to everyone else. What we have received, by in turn we are going to share in this world to the people all around us. We're pilgrims. We fight not only the principality of this world, but we fight the desires and lusts in ourselves that it doesn't hold us back, it doesn't uh, lead us astray, but we keep our eyes on the prize. And we are going to be winsome, be attractive and honorable in our dealings. You know, for our move, we hired a mover to come in and do all the heavy lifting for us, right? And they showed up little later than they promised, and uh, told me there will be three guys, but in fact, four guys showed up. And I thought, well, this is going to go well. But it turns out, uh, these young people are very much not um, experienced in terms of moving things. And I quickly realized they came with a couple dollies, and that was it. No furniture wrap no wrap for the carpet or floor. Um, As soon as they were done with boxes and moving into furniture and appliances, I quickly realized they don't know what they're doing. When you see your washer being upside down, you know, you know you're in trouble. And you know, you know when they were informed already ahead of time that there is an upright piano they need to move. And they did not come with a dolly, flat dolly. And they thought they can just pick it up and move. Yeah. Look, um, very frustrating. And uh, I had to carry myself in a certain way. I didn't tell them I was a pastor. But I cautioned them. I was ended up directing them. Stopping them from moving the piano, you know, run to Lowe's and pick up that flat dolly with my own money so that (laughs) we can move it properly. And at the end of the day, they have really thin metal strip to tie down piano and things to the truck. And I thought to myself, oh, that's not going to stay there. But as I was driving about 20 minutes to our new place, you know, I got two options. It is what it is, really if I can give all to God and see what God would do out of this place and I can keep myself um, in a godly way, in an honorable way that I could uh, possibly be a witness to them. You know, nothing major happened. Nothing severely destroyed. I mean, uh, obviously, things were not right. But at the end of the day, they thanked us, reached out to Christina and and wished us that we would enjoy our new home and all that stuff. And I paid my money. I didn't haggle with the price or whatnot. Just I gave them the money. We had a great relationship, great conversation. Now, is it because I was a saint and nothing was boiling in my heart? No. Because I realized that this is what we need to do, however difficult it may be. And I tell you, it wasn't easy, folks. There, there, because we are here for a short while, and we represent our Lord Jesus Christ. You can carry yourselves in certain way, and you can influence these people by your actions through your words. We're pilgrims. This is not our home. Don't go all in on this place. Learn to hold these things of this earth loosely. Loosely. And see and maintain that eternal perspective. Once again, I tell you, we're not made for this earth. We're made for eternity. We're made for eternity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your reminder. So, Lord, I pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us in each and every day on, on a daily basis. Will you, through your word and our prayer with brothers and sisters doing this life together here on earth, will you remind us that we are travelers. Going through this place to our eternal home to be with the Lord for all eternity. And let that be something that drives us. Let that be the foundation of all our decision. Help us to fight the enemy within, not to be influenced. And swayed by this world. Or things of this world. Whether it's fame, power, pleasure. And things of this world. But Lord. Will you remind us. To wage war against these things. And be faithful. And great steward of what you have blessed us with. And Lord will you also. Help us to be mindful. That the world is watching us. Every single move. Our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, and unbelieving family members. They are watching. They are listening. They are seeing how we decide as Christ followers, as pilgrims. Let our actions and words be attractive, be winsome, be honorable. And may they glorify you. May they come to know the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, and we pray that you would help us through the Holy Spirit. Would you help us to go home and go home well? Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.